Hello, pod peeps. You're our pod listeners who are our peeps. You'll be happy to find out this is our last announcement on the Sustain campaign. As of this last Wednesday, we made our goal of having 150 people partner with us. Yay. Uh, since then, uh, commitments have continued to come in, and we're now up to 179. So this is fantastic. Uh, I want to sincerely thank everyone who uh, has been part of this, helping us sustain the ministries of Woodland Hills Church. Really, thank you. It means a lot to us. And for those who are interested and still want to be a part of this, you have till uh, this Wednesday, February 22nd, to sign up. Uh, the matching donations and the t-shirt offer, this offer of our historic first Podrishner t-shirt, will be available until uh, February 22nd this Wednesday. So feel free to sign up. I want you to know it is an honor for us and an honor for me personally to have the opportunity to speak into your life. And it's an honor to partner with you to further God's kingdom. So thanks for tuning in. God bless you, and I hope you have a, a week of passionate service to our Lord. God bless. Amen. Well, I'm Greg Boyd, senior pastor here at Woodland Hills Church. Really good to see all of you this morning and be in God's presence and to be praising God together. Just really sensed an anointing uh, on the worship. So that last song uh, just came alive. Amen. Amen. And I like the fact that this uh, first service crowd uh, is getting more and more of an amen and uh, shout out kind of a crowd. Hey, you guys are getting more awake and uh, amen, amen, amen. Brother Brown, you, you, you're leading the charge on that, so I appreciate that. I like that. I always wanted an amen in church. That's good. Uh, amen? Yeah. Amen. All right. Uh, if you're visiting for the first time, I want to give a special welcome to you. Really glad that you're here. And if you'd like to find out more about this church, what we believe and things like that, stop by at the hub out there in the gathering area and uh, tell them you're visiting and, and we have a packet of information and a CD that we'd love to share with you. Um, please uh, turn off your cell phones uh, right now if you haven't done so already or your Game Boys or whatever it is that could make noise. And uh, if anyone with you starts to be a distraction for any reason, uh, we, uh, we can, can take them out in the gathering area and still be part of the service that way. we got a big screen out there. And uh, all right, still stay tuned in. Uh, in terms of announcements, we are having a dance. Sorry, not dead yet. <laughs> That's my famous rock band. Yeah, we're not dead yet. It's not featuring Greg Boyd. I don't know why they put that up there. I'm a drummer in it. But uh, it's just my small group and a few other guys, and, and, we, and we, we do some music here, and we're going we're gonna to have a dance. It's a benefit uh, for Coat to Coat, which is one of uh, the uh, ministries to Haiti that we have here uh, at Woodland Hills Church, a beautiful ministry, and so all the proceeds will go to that. And we're going to have ourselves a good time. Uh, you know, we go, we go back to the 70s, even a little bit of 60s, Steppenwolf, uh, Get Your Motor Running, you know, Born to Be Wild. Then we go to the 70s, Doobie Brothers and some stuff. We got some 80s in there. We got, we even got our kids make us do a, a, a certain amount of contemporary stuff. So we do some Lenny Kravitz and, and Are You Gonna Go My Way? Uh, and, uh, yeah, some other things. Kryptonite. Oh, a few modern songs. So we cover the gamut. We have a lot of fun. Uh, and, and, and on the song, you can bring your kids because on the songs that are raunchy, we, we, we change the lyrics. Like Honky Tonk Woman turns into a song about evangelism. <laughs> or I'm just saying. And, uh, and yes, that's right. And, and American Band turns into a nice Minnesota feel-good song. You know, the, the lyrics there. Okay, so you don't have to worry about that. It's, it's, it's uh, G-rated. All right. So be a part of that. Uh, otherwise, just read the bulletin, know what's going on around here, pray about what's going on around here. Really, when you, when you read the bulletin or get online and look at all the stuff, just say a little prayer over every one of those ministries. Uh, we need prayer covering because nothing uh, of kingdom value happens apart from prayer. Amen? Amen? All right. We are uh, in this, pa this passage uh, of Scripture at the end of Colossians 1 um, that we've been hovering on for four weeks now. And, and I'm actually going to progress one verse this morning. I know, hey, we're, we're, we're rolling. Um, 
this thing has come alive for me. I, I, I just got to tell you, I, I'm, uh, it's a little bit like, you know, like if you've ever seen one of those magic eye pictures, you know, where you look at it, and, and, and on one level it's just like wallpaper. You know, these magic eye kind of things are really cool. But if you look at it in a certain way, all of a sudden a three-dimensional piece arises out of it. Sometimes that happens in, in, in Scripture or, or in your own life as you're walking with God. You ever have this where all of a sudden something takes on a new dimension? Uh, you see it in a way that you haven't seen it before. And, and it's weird because it's not new information. But it's a, it's a, it's a new dimension to the same information. It's, uh, it's, and it's kind of frustrating because words are one-dimensional. So you say beauty, for example. And it means something to you at one point. But then if you experience a new dimension of beauty... Uh, it, the, the meaning of beauty now has has more depth, but you have to use the same word. <laughs> and and so you, you use superlatives like most beautiful, extremely beautiful, but it doesn't really capture it. And so this is why sometimes being a preacher is so frustrating, because you got to use the same words. But it's like, you know, you want to say it in a different way to capture this new dimension. Uh, there's uh, We're talking about the riches, the rich, glor- the glorious riches of this mystery that's been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now revealed. And I, this... The, the riches and the glory has just, honestly, for me, it's just been taking on a new dimension. And it's very exciting, and it gives me jazz. I, mean, I feel out of control. Uh, it's, it's good stuff. So we're entitling this message, Above the Clouds, for reasons that will become clear in about 15 minutes. And we're, starting, we're in the same five verses as we have the last couple of weeks, but we're moving forward one verse. Starting with verse 27. To them, God has chosen... To make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches. Everyone say glorious riches. riches. But they're extremely glorious riches. (laughs) They're superlative glorious riches. And this uh, mystery is uh, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's in you. He's the hope of glory. And the glory is the radiance of God's other-oriented, self-sacrificial love. We proclaim Him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may... Present everyone fully mature in Christ. That's our goal here, to present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, Paul says, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. Dunamis is the Greek word there. We get the word dynamite from it. Christ is this dynamic force, dynamite force inside of me. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not yet met met me personally. Mm. Pray with me here for a moment. Abba, Father, uh, on behalf of everyone in this auditorium, on behalf of everyone listening on the podcast or television or any other uh, way, God, uh, we ask, God, that you just invade us with the power of your spirit. We pray, Lord God, that, uh, that Christ in us, the hope of glory that was so dynamically working in Paul, would be dynamically working in us. Be dynamically working in this moment. Be dynamically working in this word. Be dynamically working in me. God, and, and we pray that your word would not go forth uh, in vain, but would, God, accomplish all that you intend. And what you intend is the kingdom, the reign of God. So God, use this wall, this, this word to, to batter down the walls of our heart, to open us up uh, to more of your kingdom, a deeper dimension of your kingdom, a deeper level of sold-outness to you. Uh, God, bring your kingdom in our minds and in our hearts and in our wallets and in our clocks and in our watches and our time and our life and our relationships. Bring your kingdom. God, help us, to, help us to see a new dimension, experience a new dimension of what we already know. And that is Christ in us, the hope of glory. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.
There's a, a paradox uh, here in, in this passage that um, we've been reading for the last four weeks. The paradox is, is simply this, that on, on the one hand, Paul says that he contends strenuously. He contends for the, uh, the Colossians, and he contends to present them mature in Christ. He's exerting this, this energy, the, the word that he uses for contend there, agonizomai. We get the word agony or agonize from it. It, it, it denotes uh, intense, uh, uh, an intense exertion of energy, like agon, agonizing. He's contending. He's putting forth this energy on behalf of the Colossians and to do the work of God. But the paradox is that while he is putting forth this energy uh, to further the kingdom, he says he's doing it because Christ is in him exerting this dynamic energy, this dynamite force. And so Paul is doing it, and yet Paul's not doing it. Christ is doing it. It's a paradox. He was aware of this, uh, this while well, he's exerting all this energy, and he is, is doing all he can do to further the kingdom and to be all he can be in Christ. He's aware that the only reason he can do that is because Christ is dynamically working in him. It's a paradox. It, it uh, un- unveils a new dimension of this mystery that we've been talking about for the last four weeks, this mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but has now been revealed to God's people. It's the mystery of Christ in you, the hope of glory. And the dimension it reveals is this, that for Paul, this wasn't just a beautiful revelation. It wasn't just some beautiful information. It wasn't a theoretical, theological thing. It was an experienced reality. Christ in you, the hope of glory, it was something that Paul just didn't think about and enjoy, though I'm sure he did that. But it was even more fundamentally a reality he lived in. Christ was in him. And it was exert, Christ was exerting this dynamic, dynamite force that was empowering him to exert force to accomplish God's will on earth as it is in heaven. He was aware that Christ in him was moving him towards glory. The hope of glory was a force that moved him towards glory. And the glory is simply the manifestation of God's beautiful, other-oriented, self-sacrificial love, putting God on display. And so he was aware that Christ was in him, moving him in a direction where he was increasingly putting Christ on display, where he was being transformed into the likeness of Christ, where he was being used by God to help others be transformed into the likeness of Christ. Christ in him was moving him to look like Christ more and to, to love more like Christ and to serve more like Christ and to think more like Christ and to feel more like Christ. Christ was in him to Christianize him and through him to Christianize the world. It's beautiful, a, a beautiful reality he's living in here. Um, and, uh, and, and, and yet he was aware that, that, that God, and we say this a lot around here, God isn't a coercive God. God will never coerce us. God wants a personal relationship with us, which means he doesn't want a relationship with a marionette. He wants a, a genuine love relationship uh, with, a, with personal beings who choose it, not in a re- relationship that looks loving, but, but in fact only appears that way because he's actually controlling everything. Now, God will never control you. He's in Paul as a dynamic, powerful force, but not coercing or controlling Paul. Paul realizes there's something he has to do. He has to yield. He has to participate. So Paul puts forth the energy, and yet the only reason he can do that is because Christ is empowering him to do it. He plays a role. The role is to submit to Christ in him, the hope of glory. He wasn't just cranking this out on his own. No, it, it was Christ in him. It was gl- the, the, the experiential dimension of the glorious 
Um, riches of the mystery that's been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now revealed to God's people. Uh, you find this paradox all over the place in the New Testament. One of the classic places we find it is in Philippians 2. Let's look at that just briefly. Uh, and here, Paul, in, in chapter 2 of Philippians, says, My dear friends, you have been, you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. There's something they have to do. But the reason they can do that is because it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purposes. Notice here that Paul says he works out. He tells them to work out their salvation. He doesn't tell them to work at their salvation. You never work at your salvation as though it was something you achieve or merit or earn. You can't try to be saved. You don't work at your salvation. But you do work out your salvation. See, salvation, remember, as we've said here a couple times in the last few weeks, it's not your get-out-of-hell-for-free card. It's not your fire insurance, some silly, cheap thing like that. Salvation is, is participating in the life of God, is sharing in the wholeness of God's full and abundant life. And the minute you say yes to Jesus Christ and genuinely surrender to him, uh, that, that reality is, is yours. You are participating in the life of God. You're made a participant in his, his, his righteousness, so you're forgiven. And you're made a participant in his wholeness. Uh, that's salvation, and it's given to you for free. You can't earn it, you can't achieve it, you can't merit it, you can't buy it. No, it's given to you for free. But now that it's given to you for free, there is a role that you play, because God's not a course of God. He's not going to control you or manipulate you. There's a role that you play as a personal agent in a love relationship with Abba Father, and that role is to now work out that salvation. Uh, that, that's just a matter of, of, of letting this wholeness, this life that is in you, God in you, uh, letting that life now begin to work its way into how you think and work its way into how you talk and work its way into how you relate to people and work its way into how you respond to enemies and work its way into how you spend your money and work its way into how you spend your time and work its way into who you care about. You see, the, the, the salvation comes to us. It's there. It's, our, it's in our inner, inner world. It's, it's, our, it's our true identity. But we still think according to the old patterns of the world to behave and feel according to the old patterns of the world. And so our job is to take the mustard seed of that kingdom that's planted within us and now work with God to start to permeate, change and control our, our thoughts and our speech so that now we, it's more and more Christ who's living in us and Christ who's thinking in us and Christ who's living and working through us. You see how that goes. And so there's a role that we play. We work out the salvation. The only reason we can do that is because it's already there. The salvation's already there for free. And that salvation we've seen here the last couple of weeks is nothing less than, than, than God. And this is the, the glorious riches of the mystery that was kept hidden for ages and generations. God always planned to unite himself to us in the person of Jesus Christ. And then by means of Jesus Christ, to unite us in himself as the, the, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit envelop us into their beautiful uh, triune love relationship so that we're participating in the love and the joy of the triune God. And, and, and so God squishes us into himself, we've said, and then God squishes him into us, and he abides in us. God abides in us. Jesus Christ abides in us, the hope of glory. 
And, 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 and it's for that reason, and only for that reason, by God's grace, that we now are able to participate with God in, in bringing Christ to our minds and our hearts and our lives. And, and by that means to begin to bring Christ to the world. You see, we become then a conduit, like Paul was, uh, by which the kingdom comes to the world as we begin to influence people and, and, uh, and, and, and letting that mustard seed grow, take over the garden of our own life, and then to take over the garden of the world. You see, that's how the kingdom is coming and his will is being done on earth as it is in heaven. God, by his grace, abides in us. God, by his grace, is at work in us to, so that we will and act according to his good purposes. God Almighty, by his grace, is at work in us. Everyone who says yes, everyone who genuinely surrenders, God himself is present in you, abiding in you, uh, to bring healing into your life. God's at work in you to bring transformation into your life. God's at work in you to move you in the direction of Christ's likeness. God's at work in you to use you to bring the kingdom in the world, in your families, in all your relationships. God's at work in you to, to heal the scars and to heal the wounds. Praise God. God's at work in you to tear down strongholds. Praise God. Uh, to root out lies that are there. To, to heal the wounds that are there. God's at work in you to, to, to see that you live more like Christ and love more like Christ and, 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 and talk more like Christ and serve more like Christ. God himself, the almighty God. Is that work in us? That's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Yeah. Now that's information, but we need, ask the whole, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to cause that magic eye uh, to come out and, and to see the dimension of this. See, this is when, 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 when the reality hits you, you know, it's, it begins to be more than just information. It's the experienced reality. Right now, if you're surrendered to Christ, then the creator of heaven and earth lives in you. Right now, if, if you're surrendered, then the one who spoke everything into existence, let there be light, he's living in you. The one who never began and, and who never ends is living in you. The one who right now sustains every molecule in the universe, he is living in me right now. The King of Kings is living in me right now. The Lord of Lords is living in me right now. Jesus Christ, the hope of glory, is in me, he's in you right now, this moment. Praise God. It, it, it's absolutely fantastic. The one who is the source of, of, of all love, who is himself pure love and pure light and pure joy, is, is abiding in his people right here and right now. It's absolutely fantastic. Moving us in the direction to, of, of looking more like Christ and living more like Christ and serving more like Christ. Christianizing us to Christianize the world. Man, it's, it's just... Yeah, yeah, see, a magic guy, experience the dimension of this. That's why Jesus said at one point, he says, whoever's thirsty, come to me, and, and you'll never thirst again. Not in a spiritual way. Physically, we, we thirst now and then. But spiritually, you'll never thirst again because he says, uh, you, you, know, you, you won't ever have to go searching for water again. Because whoever comes to me, uh, the Spirit will be given to you. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. God himself in, in, in this form coming to us, abiding in us. And then he says, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Not only are you going to not have to go get water, you're going to be a source of water. It's going to be flowing out of you. God Christianizes you to Christianize the world. It, it, it's a river. Of, it's not a drop of water. It's not, it's not a, a little trickle of water or a little stream. It's a river. It's a gusher. Out of you, there's going to be this, this, this river because in you the Holy Spirit abides, and the Holy Spirit now we see as a as a as an endless, bottomless reservoir of, of life, abundant life. 
Paul, uh, Jesus says that the living water, he, he, he says he uses this word zoe in Greek. And, and this isn't just the word for alive, for biological life. It's the word for quality life. It's the word for God's life, zoe life. It's the word for eternal life. So there's a water that's alive in you right here. And it's an endless, bottomless well, a reservoir that is always present, praise God. And, and uh, uh, out of you will flow that water like a gusher. Praise God. And, and it's, a, it's, it's a river of, of, of the abundant resource of God's abundant life, his holy life, his joyful life, his, his peace-filled life. The one who never worries or is anxious or tires or fatigues is abiding in you right now as an endless reservoir. Praise God. And now he wants to flow. He, wants, he just wants to flow. And our job is to let him flow. Let him flow into our thoughts and into our lives and into our banks and into our relationships Mm, and then we become a conduit for the water to come and, 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 and cover this desert world that we live in. Praise God. The, the glorious riches of the mystery could not be more glorious and it could not be more rich. It, it, there's nothing that God could give us that he hasn't given us because he's given us himself. Abiding in us. And, and in fact, not just abiding in us, but uniting with us. As we saw last week, we're one spirit with, with Christ. Glorious riches. Now here's the thing. You're maybe sitting here and, and hearing this and you're saying, well, that really sounds great. And I can say amen to that. But uh, I don't experience that. I don't experience that. I, I don't feel like Christ is in me. Like, like Christ is, is this energizing force, dynamic force, dynamite inside of me. I don't feel like there's an uh, endless reservoir, bottomless reservoir of living water inside of me. I don't feel like God is at work in me to willing to do his good pleasure. I, I I, I feel you know, kind of dead. I feel kind of dry. I feel kind of empty. I feel kind of alienated. I, I sometimes still, I'm still thirsty. I'm still looking for some fulfillment. This reality that you're talking here doesn't line up with my life. And we all would have to say that to some degree, that's true. I don't think anyone is 24-7 living this. Jesus was the only one who did that. Sometimes it feels like, like it, it's almost a joke when you read some of the stuff the New Testament says is true about us. His glorious riches, it almost feels comical because our lives are so different from that. Uh, and so the question is, why is that? Why is that? Why is that? I, I think it's, it's, it's something like this. And Holy Spirit, help me to be succinct and, and clear here and open our hearts to hear this. It's a little bit like this. You know, we've had a wonderful winter. It's been the, the most spectacular winter I have ever seen in Minnesota. And I, I, as far as I'm concerned, you can just loop this one from here on and it'll be fine. I, I got to live with this one. It's been magnificent. But there have been a few miserable days. And, and this last fall, I was taking this trip. And it was one of these days, which I, I think are, it's the worst weather in the world. I'd have, rather have, you know, 20 below zero weather than this, where it's, it's, it's about 40 degrees, but it's bl- blustery wind and it's kind of raining, but the rain's half ice, you know, and it's dark and it's cold. It's one of these miserable, miserable days where you'd rather, you just want to stay in bed under the covers all day. It's just... It's a chilling kind of cold. And I, I was I, taking a plane ride on this day. Uh, and so we get in the plane, and outdoors it's just miserable and cold and dark and drizzly. But the plane takes off and heads into this dark, ominous cloud. But as soon as it gets on the other side of that cloud, it's all light. And it's just beautiful. You look around, it's just so, you know, all the, all the nice white, fluffy stuff. And uh, it's beautiful. It's sunshine. And it, it occurred to me, you know, I knew this before, of course, but... but you sometimes forget that that sun had always been shining. It had always been that bright. But we weren't benefiting from that down on the ground because something was blocking the sun. There's something between us and the sun that was preventing that nice light to get to us. 
And so we're living in a dark, dreary world, even though the sun uh, is, is always shining. Now, you know, we, it's easy to forget that the sun is up there when you're in the dark and dreary, drizzly Minnesota November world. You can forget about it. And we even talk that way. We say, you know, oh, the sun didn't come out today, or how come the sun's, the sun's not shining? Or where the sun shine go? Or I can't wait till the sun, you know, shines again. As though the, the sun was the problem. But see, the sun's never the problem. The sun, in fact, is the most stable physical entity that we ever, that affects our lives. It's always, for four and a half billion years, they tell us, this thing's been churning out heat and churning out light. And it does it, it does it constant. A few fluctuations with, with, with uh, you know, eruptions here and there and sunspots here and there, but, but, but those are minuscule. This thing is constant. It's unwavering. For 4.5 billion years, it's been this giant nuclear reaction out there, you know, warming and, and bringing light to everything that it comes in contact with. Uh, it's, it's giant. You can fit 1.3 million Earths into this thing. It's just incredible. And at its core, it's burning with 27 million degrees of heat. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. And it's been doing it constantly for four and a half billion years. It's always the same. But we don't always benefit from it because of the stupid demonic clouds. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I, you know, I, I, I know clouds. We need clouds, and clouds can be beautiful and whatever. I'm talking about the November drizzly you know, yicky, dark, demonic clouds. You know what I'm talking about. It's demonic, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we don't benefit from it. And see, the, the sun does what it does because it's the sun. It just, it's constant. Nothing affects it. Nothing causes it to waver or anything. It's constant. It, it, so it's not affected by clouds or weather patterns or anything. But we're affected by weather patterns and things that block the sun. It, it, it deeply affects us. Some folks have seasonal affect disorder. Anyone here have that? And, and yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about. I, I don't, but my wife does, and um, a little bit. And from November to about March, yeah, she's down a court. You know, there's a little bit of a gloom there. And the battery's a little lower. And, and once in a while, you know, this year's been good because there's been a lot of light, but, but I'll tell you, she kind of gets gloomy and grumpy, and, you know, I got to kind of walk on eggshells once in a while. <laughs> Can't wait till May comes. <laughs> Hey, some folks get this severe, I mean, it drives you into despair. You think the sun's never going to come out again. And it really is a physical thing. I mean, you, you need sunlight. It, it gives vitamin D and, and other things like that. So some folks get really affected by it. The sun isn't affected, but, but we are. See, the, the problem's not the sun. It's constant. It's unwavering. The problem is that sometimes there's things that block the sun from getting to us, and it affects us. So we live in a dark, dreary, cold, miserable November in Minnesota world, rather than dancing in the light and the warmth of the sun. Now, I think it's just like that when it comes to our relationship with Christ and the glorious riches of, of the mystery that's now revealed to us. Very much like this. The minute you believe, I mean genuinely, genuinely believe, and put your trust in him and pledge your life to Christ, the, the moment that happens, he, he goes, yes, because this is what he's always wanted. And he comes and he unites himself with us. And so it is true, it is true that in our innermost being, united with our innermost being, there is this glorious sun. There is the radiance of God's glory. God himself is, 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 is in us. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4 that the one who said, let there be light in the beginning, spoke light into our inner being, let there be light. And there was light. We've got inside of us a radiance that outshines the sun a million times. We've got inside of us the one who is all glorious. Uh, we've got inside of us the one who is the light of the world. Abiding is. We do have inside of us this, this unending reservoir of living water that wants to burst forth and, and, and quench our thirst and then use us to quench other people's thirst. That is what's true. You see, and, and Christ in us, the hope of glory, he never changes. 
Now, you know, the sun's been doing what it's doing for four and a half billion years, but, but Christ, he's been, he's been churning out the light from before the beginning of, 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 of creation, praise God. And, and, and he's always the same. Christ in you, the hope of glory, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, praise God. He'll never change, he never wavers. Christ in you, the hope of glory, nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. And he says he'll never leave us or, or forsake us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. In him, he, he's the one who's from the Father above, the, 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 the one who's the origin of all light, from whom every good gift comes, and in whom, the, the Bible says, there is no shadow of turning, not the slightest hint of change. In terms of his radiance and in terms of his love, in terms of his truth, he's always churning out uh, the, the, the divine energy. He's always the source of all that's pure and good. And that light inside of you, Christ in you, the hope of glory, there's nothing that can quench that light. There's nothing that can cause that light to flicker, praise God. There's nothing that can cause that light to go dim, hallelujah. There's nothing that can cause that light to go dark. No, Christ in you, the hope of glory, he's always the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. He'll never waver. And he abides in us. We have access to that resource, but what it means then is this. If we're not experiencing that unending reservoir of water, that source of light, that love, Christ in us, the hope of glory. If we're not experiencing it, the problem's not with the sun. The problem's that there's something blocking, something blocking our experience of the sun, our experience of the glory, Christ in us, the hope of glory. We've got clouds. We've got clouds in our heart and clouds in our mind that need to be gotten rid of. Here's the thing. We live in a we live in a cloudy world. And I'm talking spiritually here. We live in a world that is oppressed, the Bible tells us, by principalities and powers. There's a cloud of darkness over everything. Uh, this world has been seized by principalities and powers uh, and, and strongly influenced this world. And so there's a cloud over, over, of deception over this entire world and, and, and pollutes the atmosphere that we breathe. Amen. We breathe polluted air, talking spiritually here. And, and, and it's smog. Now, the thing is, we don't even notice this. That's why when you tell people, unbelievers or even some believers, that this world is oppressed by Satan, they're like, well, come on, yeah, that's kind of a negative view. The world's a pretty good place. You know, and, and it's true, you can still see the glory of God all around, but, but see, we get used to the smog. We, we don't even have a clear idea of what it would be like without the smog. So this is our normal. We acclimate to the smog, the spiritual smog that we breathe in. And see, it's that smog that causes, their, causes clouds to form in our hearts and in our minds that block the sun. Smog all around. We, we acclimate to it. It's a little bit like, uh, you know, when, when I, a few years ago, was flying into Los Angeles, they told us on the loudspeaker as we were coming into Los Angeles that there's a smog alert. Learned, out late, learned later it was the worst they'd had in like three decades. It was terrible smog alert. And uh, as we're flying into L.A., you could see that smog. It was like a, it was like a dome over the whole city. It was a bubble. Uh, this haze. Uh, but the people on the ground didn't notice that. I mean, I'm sure they had heard that there was a smog alert. You weren't supposed to go out jogging and stuff. But, but, but to them, that, that was normal. They, 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 they didn't notice that. But as an outsider looking at it, you could see it. Um, and then once we landed, as soon as I got out of the plane, I initially could, I, I, you know, maybe it was just my imagination, but I thought I could kind of smell the air. It smelled different. And, it, and there was kind of a haze everywhere. But within 20 minutes, a half hour, I was used to it. I, f- I forgot all about it. It was, it was my normal. See, we don't notice the air that we breathe. It's, nor- it's, it's normal to us. An outsider can notice it, but we have trouble noticing it. So on a spiritual level, it's a little bit like this. 
Uh, you know, we're doing this fundraiser March 2nd, uh, coat to coat, uh, for the kids in Haiti, and you want to come and be a part of that because we're going to rock the house. It's going to be a good time, and we're going to do a lot of good with it. But uh, I'm, I'm part of coat to coat, and we go, which means side by side in Creole, and, and we go to Haiti sometimes. And uh, as outsiders coming in, we're sometimes amazed by how some of the Christians there, especially in, in the, the Catholics in Haiti, fuse their faith in Christ with, with voodoo. Because voodoo has been a part of their culture for centuries, and, and they don't even notice any incompatibility. They, just, they combine the two. As outsiders, we can look at that and we go, how is that possible? It's such a contradiction. You see, we're outsiders, and sometimes you can see stuff from the outside that you can't see when you're inside breathing the air. By the same means, when they come here, sometimes... We had a lady from Haiti come here several years ago, and it was the first time here, and she went out shopping, and she saw our voodoo. We got our own voodoo. And just as they combine their sort of voodoo practices with their Catholicism and don't even notice it, well, we combine our Christianity with consumerism and materialism and greed and all sorts of stuff, and we don't even notice it. And that is at least as ungodly. In fact, we even Christianize it. You know, we say a blessing on the whole thing. You see, it's hard to notice the pollution that we breathe in, but we're doing it all the time. And that pollution is all about lies that get rooted in our heart and mind that block the sun. When we internalize the smog, it becomes clouds that block the sun and our experience of the sun. And so we live in a dark, dreary spiritual world when all the while the sun is shining. No problem with the sun. It never wavers. No, but see, our experience of it wavers because of the smog we're breathing in. Some of the smog we breathe in is cultural smog, the principalities and powers of our culture. Like the greed I just mentioned, the materialism. We breathe in the smog of, of the normalness of violence or the normalness of, of, of self-centeredness. It's normal for us to spend 98% of our income on ourselves. It's normal for us. We breathe in the sex god you know, that, that, that's worshipped in this culture or the empire god that's worshipped in this culture, the nationalism and the political agendas. We breathe it in. It's our normal. We even Christianize it. But all of it, insofar as we internalize it, becomes a cloud that blocks the sun. And there's other ways we get clouds too. Uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's wounds that we experience and we can't forgive. When we hang on to wounds, it forms a cloud. Or, or just lies that we internalize about our worth or someone else's worth or about who God is. We internalize those lies and all of them form clouds that block the sun. Or when we walk in disobedience, when God says it's time to get out of those drugs or it's time for you to you know, move and, and, and give up give the, your alcoholism or it's time for you to, to stop sleeping around or, or God calls us to make new sacrifices like maybe you're supposed to give one, 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 a kidney away or maybe he's, he's telling you it's time to give more of your income or whatever it is. When we say no to God, anytime we say no to God, it starts to form a cloud. And the longer we persist in that disobedience, the thicker the cloud gets and we stop experiencing the light. It's still true, the sun's still burning away, but we stop experiencing it because there's clouds in our hearts and minds that block the sun. So, the, the key here then is this. See, what some people try to do is, when they're living in a dark and dreary, miserable spiritual world, they don't feel any of the reality. Because see, to the extent that there's clouds in our heart and mind, then the, what's true about us doesn't feel true, and what's real about us just doesn't feel real. We still believe it, but it just isn't how we experience reality. And what some people do is, they, knowing that we're supposed to be full of light and a river of light, a river of living water and, 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 and having the glory of God and all this, they try to crank it out on their own. So now we get try harder Christianity. People trying to crank it out on their own. And that just makes matters worse. Now, see, the solution to this is we've we, we got to change the weather patterns. Yeah. We've got to change the weather patterns. Yeah. Now, now, Paul tells us one of the main ways that we change the weather patterns. Oh, Lord, help me to be... Uh, uh, quick here. 
because I got another 20 minutes here and I got to wrap it up in 10. Okay, I can do this. I, I, you're going to have to pay super attention now, super attention, all right? Because I've been talking slow so far, but I got to go fast. Because you guys, this is so important. I'm just going to lay the basics here, but okay, I, I'm going to jump ahead to a passage in Colossians that we probably won't be getting to for another year because it's about 10 verses away. Uh, this, is, uh, this is Colossians chapter 3. Okay, now Paul tells us here how to get, start to get rid of these clouds that block the glorious riches of the mystery that's been revealed and now abides in us. Christ does hope of glory. Paul says in chapter 3, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Look at that. Set your hearts. Zeteo has a sense of direction, of movements. It means to seek out. So orientate your hearts, orientate your affections on things above. Above the clouds, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set, phreneo there, and that means to resolve something. Resolve your minds on things above, not on earthly things in this dreary, miserable, cold world, cloudy world. For, here's why, you died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Mm -hmm. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil, desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. Consider your members, every, every body part, every part of your life. Consider it. Necrao is the word he uses there. It just means to, 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 uh, to either kill, slay, or to rob uh, power from, to take power from. So he's saying uh, every impulse you have towards impurity and immorality and greed, well, just consider that to be dead. It, it, it's, it's an unreality. Okay, so there's three things that he tells us to do, and four facts he tells us, uh, us to do it with. And I'm going to cover all of that, all right? So the three things he tells us to do is this, really quickly. He says... Set your, our hearts above, zeteo, and it means to, to seek out, to orientate. Then he says, set your mind on things above, phreneo, resolve this to be true in your mind. And then he says, consider this to be your body dead, nakrao, uh, rob it of all of its power. So there's, there's, there's a, a way of getting above the clouds, if you will. There's a plane that we can take, if you will, to get above the clouds where there's a lot of light. And get off from under this dreary, cold world. And it has to do with our mind, it has to do with our hearts, and it has to do with how we consider uh, things in, in, our, in our life. So there's four facts he lands on in these five verses we just read. Number one, he says, fact number one, we died with Christ. We died with Christ. That's a fact. Uh, your old self is dead. You know, salvation is about participating in the life of, of, of Christ. We've been seeing this the last couple of weeks. And so everything that is true of Christ now is, is given to us by grace. And so in some mysterious way, when he died, it's as though we died. The minute we say yes to Calvary, our old self is dead. Our old, your old self, that petty self, that, that lustful self, that cheating self, that greedy self, that self-centered self, that angry self, that, that, that temperamental self, that, that cheating self, that's dead. Yeah. Everyone say dead. See, that's the fact. That, that is the fact. Now, you probably don't think that about yourself and you don't feel that about yourself. That's because you got clouds. That's clouds. Lies. You got clouds. Anything in your heart or mind that doesn't agree with that, it's clouds. Pollution. Some lie that you believe. Some, some smog you've inhaled. Uh, and, and now it's blocking the truth. But the way to now begin to experience the reality of the truth is, is don't try to crank it out on your own. No, no, you have to rise above the clouds. And the way you do it is you resolve in your mind that this is true. Resolve it. Fix it. Permanently. 
24-7. You think about this all the time. You set your mind. This idea of set with, with our heart and our mind has the idea of permanence. It's not something we do once and then forget about it. That's not setting. That's just sort of visiting. No, you don't. Resolve it. Fix it. And move in this direction. Set your affections in this direction. Your old self is dead. And therefore, whatever part of you keeps on acting like the old self was alive, you consider it dead. Since you are dead, might as well get your mind and heart to line up with the truth. You are dead. Well, then consider it dead. Uh, just rob it of, of its power. And see, what you're doing is as we align our heart and mind with truth, it releases the light. It, it gets the clouds out of the way. And you begin to experience what Paul has experienced, that dynamite power of Christ in you, the hope of glory, moving you in a certain direction. Fact number two, your old self is dead, but your new self is alive. We've risen with Christ. In fact, he says here, our life is Christ. Amen. The only life you've got is Christ. Because your old self is dead. So Paul says, it's no longer I that lives, but Christ who lives in me. Praise God. So the, the fact is, the fact is that, that, that in some wonderful way, when Christ came out of the tomb, you came out of the tomb. You came out of the tomb of that old self, that petty self, that cheating self, and now you are a new creature in Christ Jesus, the Bible says. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Old things have passed away. There's a new you, a you that's identified with Christ, a you that, that lives out the, 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 the living waters inside of you, that new you that knows that you're righteous and that, that lives out that righteousness, that knows that you're just and lives out that justice. Uh, that new you that, that lives in freedom. That's the true you. Now, you don't feel that way. I don't always feel that way. It feels like the old self is, is alive. It feels like we're living in a cold and dreary world, but that's because the clouds. And we need to rebuke those clouds in Jesus' name. <laughs> and, and, and get on a plane. Yeah. Get on a plane. I take a plane ride to Jesus. Hallelujah. I feel like preaching. Yeah. Get on the plane. And the plane is your mind and the plane is your heart. The clouds are lies. So get on the plane of truth and ride that plane above the clouds where you're supposed to be living. Set your mind above the clouds. Set your heart above the clouds where your life is in Christ. You're, the life is Christ. You're a resur resurrected being. You've got resurrection life inside of you. So you think that. Think that not just once in a while, but as you're driving home today and as you're doing the dishes later on and as you're watching television later on or whatever you're doing. No, resolve your mind. I mean, set it on it. Your heart, resolve your heart on it. And any part of you that doesn't agree with that, you consider to be dead. Because it is dead. It is dead. You've just been given a life by bleeding lies and forming clouds. No, no, you, know, you, you get on that plane and get above the clouds. Fact number three, this is my favorite one. Our lives are hidden in Christ. <laughs> See, the, it, it's so beautiful. It's just so... It, it, see, no one... This is how I know it's, this is true. I mean, there's a lot of reasons I know it's true, but no human being could make this up. This is, this is too beautiful. Yeah. You don't make this stuff up. This is, this is the glorious riches couldn't be more glorious and couldn't be more rich. The glorious riches, our life is hidden in Christ. Yeah. Our old self is dead. The only life we got is Christ. And now our life is hidden uh, in Christ. And, and he says we're, we're with Christ in God. We're placed in Christ and Christ is part of the triune God. And so here's the fact. Here's the fact. If a fact is a fact, a fact doesn't change because of weather patterns or, or because of mood swings or because of events in your life. A fact is a fact, and that is that. You, you know, you, you can't change facts. You, you take a historical fact. There's not one thing you can change that's a fact by, by doing something in the present. No, a fact is a fact. Your life, if, you're, if you trust in Jesus, your life is hidden in Christ. You're hidden, enveloped in. 
the love of the triune God, enveloped in, participating in the same love that, that, that God is throughout eternity, the same joy. You're participating in that, you're hidden, that you're hidden in his righteousness. That's why there's no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. You're hidden in his righteousness. You're hidden in his peace. You're hidden in his joy. You're protected. I praise God. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Nothing, 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 nothing. That's the fact. Now, do you feel like that? Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. You, 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 feel, you, you feel like, you know, you're like this down here in, in miserable world. You're down here in the dreary world. You don't feel like you're in the heavenly places hidden in Christ. You know, you know, it feels like, like you're getting rained on. It's clouds. And you have a very important decision to make, and this is a decision we make moment by moment, and the decision is this. Are you going to keep on uh, investing the clouds with the, the authority to tell you whether there's a sun or not? Because uh, every time we believe these things, we're, we're empowering the lie. And it just gets cloudier and cloudier. As though, as though, you know, the way we talk about the sun, oh, the sun's not shining. Well, you know what? The sun is shining. It always shines. But it's the stupid clouds that are blocking it. But see, we, we either are going to, you know, give that the power, the authority to define our lives uh, or, or not. We're either going to believe the lie or not. And see, the way that you choose to make this choice it isn't like just once now in a service, but as you're driving home and doing the dishes and watching television or whatever else you're going to do today and then tomorrow and the day after that. Is this on your mind? Are you believing the fact? What are you believing in the moment? Because you can, you can believe truth in a moment, but see, we won't be growing in that direction. That's why Paul says, set your heart in a direction. Seek it out. It's something you've got to always be pursuing. Believing the truth. That, that, that's the task of our life. Believing the truth. Affirming the truth. Living the truth. Thinking the truth. And, and, and that's what keeps that moment from being a cloudy moment. Amen. Just because it's well, sunny today doesn't mean it's going to be sunny tomorrow. Right. Weather patterns change. Well, they change in our hearts too, depending on what we are believing in that moment. So your resolve is to be true, regardless of what you feel. And as you do that consistently... My life is hidden in Christ. My life is Christ. I'm risen with Christ. My old self is dead. As you're doing that, you'll find that you're opening up the, the you start like opening up the floodgates so that river of life can start to flow through. Or to change the metaphor, we're clearing the clouds so the sun begins to shine. And then the fourth fact, and I end with this, the fourth fact is that we will appear with him in glory. That's how the story ends. It's, it couldn't be a better ending. We will, it's a fact, we will appear with him in glory. In other words, there, 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 resolve this. There's coming a time when, when there'll be no more clouds. Praise God. There's coming a time when there'll be no more scars, no more wounds, no more tears, no more cancer, no more separation, no more, no, no more desperation, no more disappointment, no more death, no more struggles, no more sin, no more bondage, no more change. None of that is all going to be gone. So now the glory, the radiance of God's other-oriented, other-oriented self-sacrificial love can shine perfectly, unambiguously. What a hope. What a glory. Does that feel true? Probably not all the time. No, we, we get depressed. It looks like the world is going to perdition in a handbasket. Uh, you know, it, 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 it feels too good to be true. And that's the main cloud. It feels too good to be true. Well, you know what? It is. Don't let that cloud determine whether you think there's a sun or not. Don't let the cloud determine whether you're going to experience the sun. No, affirm the truth. Look towards this. However miserable life is getting, whatever they tell you on the news, whatever's going on in your life, whether you're having a good day, bad day, whether you're struggling or not, affirm that truth. Affirm that truth. Yeah. Think it. 24-7. 24-7. And, and, and whatever it takes to keep this on your mind, do it. Post-it notes. I, I, or, or other I'm serious. Other reminders? I honestly think, and this is my last word, we can't do this alone. Nothing in the kingdom can be done well alone. You need other people who are saying, we share the same cloud. We need to take the same plane. And, and, and you're reminding one another of, of, uh, of, of, of this truth. I got people who text me all the time. I, I, I tweet people all, all the time. I'm always tweeting about this to help people stay awake. And, uh, and I got people who remind me and I remind them. Well, we need one another in this.
We need one another in this. Right now, all you can do is commit, as I end in prayer. Commit to, uh, to being open to the Holy Spirit to remind you. As you're on the gathering area, every, every moment should be filled with this. Some part of your brain should, should be open to this so that you're integrating Christ into every, every moment of your life. That's the goal. To Christianize every moment. So there's no secular moment, holy moment. No, it's all holy. It's all Christ. Integrate Christ by having uh, the truth on your mind. Uh, staying above the clouds moment by moment. When you're working, uh, when you're taking care of the kids, whatever you're doing, have this on your mind. I am raised with Christ. Christ is my life. My life is hidden in Christ. And when he appears, I'll play with him in glory. Oh, just keep that truth. As I pray, I'd like to ask the prayer teams to come forward. And I want to invite you to, to come up here. And any need that you have, uh, they'd love to pray with you. And whatever you share is shared in confidence. Please pray about giving a, giving a kidney away or supporting those who give a kidney away. Come to this meeting. This is such a God-glorifying ministry. Man, what a way of putting the love of Christ on display. Mm, it's beautiful. So, uh, Heavenly Father, as we leave here, uh, God, there, there's so much pollution that we are going to be breathing the minute we walk out of these doors. Uh, and God, we just pray, Holy Spirit, you'll help us to always be mindful of the truth. Setting our mind, fixing our mind, resolving our mind on, on things above. Uh, the truth above the clouds where our life is hidden in Christ. Uh, God, fixing our minds on the reality that we are, our old self is dead and we consider it to be dead. And, and, and we are resurrected with Christ. And Christ is our life. And our life is hidden in Christ. And when he appears, we'll appear with him in glory. God, help us to resolve that, to be living that, breathing that, thinking that, and detoxifying our life, depolluting our life. Praise God. Changing the weather patterns so the sun can shine 24-7 in truth and love. In Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Praise God. Go out. Get rid of the clothes. Send in the world. Amen.